name of the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. God, Amen. Abuna Mark always gives me a hard time that I'm a Jets fan every time he sees me. But it's very applicable to the topic we're going to talk about tonight of long suffering. If you're a football fan, you know. If you're a Jets fan, you've suffered for a long time. Hopefully, this year it changes. Um, so yeah, the topic we're going to talk about today it's related to Saint Mary. It's long suffering, which is one of the the fruits of the Spirit. It's a virtue that maybe sometimes as uh, we learn about or we study St. Mary or we speak about her, maybe sometimes it doesn't, one of the, not one of the first things that comes up. Um, obedience or obedience, we speak about a lot, her purity, her submission, her humility, her, her quietness, all these things are virtues that are very evident in St. Mary. But really, she suffered a lot. She suffered a lot in the role of being the mother of God. And this virtue of long-suffering, like we said, is the fruit of the Spirit, and it's actually attributed to our Lord. It's our Lord himself is long-suffering. St. Peter says in, in his epistle, he said, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. When we talk about long-suffering, it means, or the definition, if I were to describe long-suffering, it is the ability to withstand suffering for extended period of time, especially suffering caused by others. And this for, is a divine virtue. It's a virtue that is attributed to God, just like, for example, forgiveness is a godly virtue. Having, being able to suffer long or be patient or long-suffering is a godly virtue. When Archangel Gabriel appeared to St. Mary, he appeared to her and he brought her the news that she will have a child and he will be great and he will be the son of the Most High and you'll call him Emmanuel. Did St. Mary have a choice in this or not? Anybody know if she had a choice to say no, to reject this call? She had a choice, absolutely. She had the free will to reject this call, but instead she said, let it be to me according to, 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 your, to God's will. And this answer, this submission, brought to St. Mary a very, very difficult life. Yes, it was a life of blessing, being able to carry uh, God and bring salvation to the world, but the answer of accepting the, the role of the mother of God was not something minor. It was very big, and you know, we are indebted to her. We are indebted to her because if she for, we're not gonna go and, and speak hypothetics about St. Mary, but if she were to say no, we don't know where salvation would be now because she was unique, and she was picked uniquely. In the Wednesday Theotokia, we see something very beautiful. It says the Father looked down from heaven and saw no one like you. Saw no one like St. Mary. The Father looked from heaven and saw no one like her. So it's not a coincidence that St. Mary became the mother of God or it wasn't some choice or it could have been any old young girl. No, this was a, a divine choice, a choice very specific to who St. Mary was as a person. And one of the main attributes that why our Lord picked her, I'm sure, is because her ability to suffer, her ability to endure. What are some of the ways St. Mary suffered as the mother of God? First and foremost, the obvious one being, being a young pregnant girl out of woodlock. Yani, this is taboo or looked down upon now 2,000 years later. I can't imagine uh, in the culture, in the Middle Eastern culture back then, how it was. Even Joseph, her betrothed, the man that was with her, wanted to hide. He, was, he, he wanted to hide until an angel appeared to him and explained to him, that, 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 don't worry, this is all part of God's plan. And this 
any pregnancy, anybody, even if you're married and you are prepared financially, emotionally, spiritually, any child that comes will flip your life upside down. Ask any parent in the room what a child means when they are born. It's your life is completely changed. Now imagine you are a young girl who is not married and you have a, and you're, you're a teenager and you're having a child, not just any child, but, the, 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 but God himself. Other ways she suffered, she bore her child in a manger in a very yani, humble place without, without the help of a midwife, without any help. Ask, again, ask any mother now who wants to give birth to a child without the help of an epidural and you will see, you will see the, the horror on the face of, of our mothers. Um, she had to flee with an infant for two years to make sure he's not killed. Again, just because I'm a, I'm a parent of young children, I understand. I go to, from, New, from uh, North Jersey to South Jersey with a child in a car. That alone is a very tough trip. I can't imagine having to take my child to Egypt for two years, being out of my comfort zone, away from my home with a newborn. And of course, oh, another one, her son went missing for a few days when he was teaching in the temple, right? He went missing for three days. Again, anybody that lost, that's lost a child, God forbid, or couldn't find a child for an hour, half hour, Imagine three days, you don't find your son. Um, again, another way of her suffering. And of course, the most painful suffering she endured was watching her son die on the cross. Watching her son die on the cross. And Simeon, when he held the baby Jesus, he said to St. Mary, what? In Luke 2.35, he said, yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also. A sword will pierce through your own soul also. This, what he was talking about, was the death of that she will see her son endure on the cross. Amongst all this, she did not, even at the time of the burial, at the time of her, uh, her son's crucifixion, we do not see her angry. We do not see her um, physically attacking the people that are, are, are beating her son or killing her son. <coughs> and the fact that he was the savior or he was God did not make it easier for her. And we say in the Igbeya, when the mother saw the lamb and shepherd, the savior of the world hung on the cross, she said while weeping, the world rejoices in receiving salvation while my heart burns. Again, this is the, the, the soul being pierced. My heart burns as I look at your crucifixion, which you are enduring for the sake of all my son and my God. So definitely St. Mary endured a lot of hardships, a lot of difficulties being the mother of Jesus Christ. The virtue of long suffering is something I would say is very, very, yani. it's one thing that I could say that when I, when I look around, first I look at myself and I look around, it's something we all struggle to um, gain. In a society now which it's, it prides itself on instant gratification, or if my Wi-Fi is slow, I must switch to 5G the second I get below the four bars that my iPhone has it, and if I don't, this website or Instagram doesn't load in 2.3 seconds, I, I start going crazy and I lose my, and this is just something minor. Now how many of us are we able to endure in our relationships, in our marriages, with our children, with our friends, with our brothers and sisters? It's very hard now for us to escape our comfort zone. This little zone that we created for ourselves that makes us comfortable, makes us happy. We don't want to ever leave it. We don't want to ever get be uncomfortable for the sake of others. We don't want to bear the burdens of others as St. Paul tells us. We want to remain in our comfort zone. And the second something makes us uncomfortable, the second something makes us have to do something we don't want to do, 
we have to forgive somebody when they wronged us or we have to swallow our pride and humble ourselves, this is when we get uncomfortable. But St. Mary teaches us we must endure. And we must endure not just, um, we have to endure for a long time. We have to endure for many, many years. So tonight we will talk about, by the grace of God, four areas where we can endure or practice long-suffering. The first being, we must keep our faith under tough circumstances. Hardships will come to us no matter what. St. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians, we are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. If I were to take those, three, those two verses and apply it, or just go through each one, hard-pressed, it means troubles we will face. How many of us have not endured financial trouble, social trouble, trouble in our career, spiritual hardships? Perplexed, lost, can mean lost and confused. We don't know where we are spiritually. We don't know where we are in our careers. Maybe we picked a school and we're undecided. This can mean that we are perplexed. Persecuted, obviously can mean physical persecution as we see our brothers and sisters endure in our faith. Or it could be verbal persecution. Any persecution we may endure for the sake of Christ. Many of us endure uh, words because we are Christian, because we, are, we stick to our virtues and we stick to our beliefs and we endure. Struck down, we will face tragedies. This is tragedies. When he says struck down, we will face tragedies. We will, we will face uh, the death of loved, loved ones. We will face um, sickness. We will face all these things, but our Lord teaches us not to be down, but teaches us that he will comfort us and he will give us according to his grace. The question then, it becomes, how can St. Paul remain hopeful not, and not destroyed? How can he became, remain confident? It comes from his faith in God. And this is what helps St. Mary. It comes from her faith in our Lord Jesus Christ and God himself. And St. Paul is able to say in Romans, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his promise. Who of us can look around and when we endure hardship and say, we know this is gonna be fine because God is with us. How many of us can, can look at a, at a terrible tragedy in our lives, the death of a loved one, uh, the, the, a sickness that comes to one of us or one of our families, how many of us can look at this and say, don't worry, it's all gonna be for the good for, if we love God. And this is what give, we have to remain faithful through hardships. We must be willing to endure hardships. Some of it may be uh, according to our own weaknesses and, and, and the hardships may be caused by something we did according to our free will. But in any case, if we turn to God, if we turn to him and we look to him as our hope, if we can remain confident in him, then we are hopeful. Just like anybody who has a strong relationship with, for example, a, a child and their parent, there can be the, the, the scariest thing can appear to the child. And what does the child immediately do when he sees something scary? It runs to their mother or father, because why? He finds comfort in his mom and dad. He finds security in his mom and dad. How many of us, when we, when we endure a problem, face a tragedy, um, go through some difficulties in our life, how many of us run to God, run to the church, run to the priest, run to the altar, run to take, partake of the sacraments? This is what it means to endure and to never lose our faith in the face of hardships. And of course, we have the perfect example of who in the Old Testament, the life of Job. Job who endured much, much tribulation and it was given to him more than what he initially had. So we see Job as a perfect example of someone who remains faithful through all the hardships and don't tell me anybody here has endured more than Job because Job endured things that are unimaginable but yet he was still hopeful and he still remained confident in God. And we must always remember 
When we speak about suffering, we must also speak about glory. That even if, you, if we endure on earth, there will come a day we will the glory will be revealed to us. Even if we endure hardships on earth, and maybe our lives are long and, and it's hard and we suffer, if we remain close to Christ, we are promised that we will receive glory in the life after. So that was the first thing we must endure and hold on to our faith while enduring hardships. It's not, yeah, just because a hardship comes does not give us the excuse to let go of our faith. The next one was we must forgive those around us. We must be willing to endure our loved ones and forgive those around us. When St. Paul talked about love in 1 Corinthians 13, what did he say about love? He says, love does what? It suffers long. It's long-suffering. Love is long-suffering. So one of the characteristics of love is to suffer long. This is why I mentioned earlier in our marriages, are we enduring one another? Are we, are we getting over each other um, quickly because we're not enduring one another? Yes, all of us have our quirks. All of us have our um, negatives. Except for me, of course, I'm just kidding. All of us have our difficulties. Every one of us, every one of our wives, our husbands, all of us have our negatives. Are we enduring with each other? Or have we become, again, a disposable society where if my wife doesn't make me happy, I, I uh, push her to the side and just live my life accordingly? So to love, to truly love is to endure, to love, uh, to suffer long with those who love you. Those, like I said, those who you love the most will hurt you the most. And this is why we know St. Mary, in the, in the life of St. Mary, no one could have hurt her more or made her feel more worried or more anxious or more suffer more than her own son. And just like in any earth, earthly relationship, your husband, your wife, your children, those are the people that, though you, because you love them the most, they will hurt you the most. And because you love them the most, you will worry about them the most. And this is just the same is true for St. Mary. And St. Mary, she would always... Yani, I imagine Jesus upset her many times and he was still a human, he was still a child and, she, and it wasn't just Jesus, those around him that would persecute him, that would um, ridicule him or, or say neg negative things of him, we would never hear of St. Mary um, speaking evil of anybody, speaking evil towards anybody. And this idea of forgiving those who, who um, do you wrong, there's, a nice, there's an interesting encounter in the epistle of St. Timothy, in the, Paul's second epistle to Timothy. There's a story about when St. Paul is discussing when he was standing in front of the Emperor Nero. When he wrote 2 Timothy, it was the last epistle he wrote before his death. Again, he was approaching his death, and so he was speaking about his, like, the end of his life. And at this point, St. Paul has been serving for a long time, has had many disciples and many people that were his followers. But when he was standing in front of the Emperor Nero, he was standing there alone. And he says, at my first defense, no one stood with me, but all forsook me. May it not be charged against them. I want you to put your, whenever you read a story like this or read scripture, sometimes we must jump into the story. What does that mean? Put yourselves in the shoes of St. Paul. Put yourself in the, in the situation of St. Paul's and he's standing in front of an emperor, he's facing, facing death, and then he has many disciples that he has trained, that he has brought up, and he, at the end of his life, no one is standing with him. He is alone. He is alone. But still, he says, may it not be charged against them. And he, we learned this again from our Lord Jesus Christ himself, who was on the cross, and he offered forgiveness. St. Stephen, when he was being stoned, he offered forgiveness. St. John Chrysostom says about this verse, he says, if in time of war, someone abandons a companion who is exposed to danger and shrinks back from the confrontation with the enemy, he would be justly condemned by the others 
for this gross betrayal. One of the worst things you could do in battle, in war, is to abandon your fellow soldiers. And this is what Saint, the situation St. Paul was in, yet still he was able to say boldly and say, may it not be charged against him. He was able to offer forgiveness. When you offer forgiveness to other people, it breaks a vicious cycle. Um, if you've ever, ever read a book, there's a book called Love and Respect, written by a famous author, uh, Emerson Egrich. He, uh, it's a book that we give a lot of times to those who are engaged, newly engaged, or getting married. And it talks about how there's a vicious cycle in our marriages. The husband, the wife doesn't feel loved, and so she disrespects her husband. And because the husband feels disrespected, he doesn't show love to the wife. And it's a cycle. And someone has to break the cycle. And the cycle can be broken through forgiveness. This is how we, and through humility, this is how we, off, how we break the vicious cycle in our marriages. Through stopping and saying, you know what, even if I feel wronged, I will forgive the other person, even if they don't apologize, even if they are wrong, even if I feel I did nothing wrong. When I offer forgiveness, I am becoming like God himself. Forgiveness is a divine act. To forgive somebody is divine. There's a famous uh, saying, to err is human, to forgive is divine. It's normal to err. It's human nature to make mistakes. But it is divine. It is godly to forgive one another. And it is for this reason that our Lord, after he taught them the Lord's Prayer, what did he do? The one thing he, he, he harped on after he taught the Lord's Prayer, what did he harp on? Forgiveness. Right? He taught the, the prayer, the Lord's Prayer to the disciples. And then he says, what after the end? He, he talked about, give us a day our daily bread, uh, and forgive us our trespasses. And then the one thing he focused on after was forgiveness. He says, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. This is why, because our Lord knew that one of the hardest things to do is to forgive. One of the hardest things to do is to forgive. But if we forgive, if we live a life of forgiveness, if we forgive one another, if we forgive one another, we break the cycle of suffering we ourselves, we do ourselves a favor by not endure, not being angry, not being uh, upset, and we can break this idea of long-suffering in our relationships. This is how we break the long-suffering in our relationships. This is how, what it means when St. When Paul says, love suffers long. Love suffers long. We must be loving and forgiving in our relationships. Next thing, we must always... Do the right thing in the face of suffering. We talked about earlier keeping our faith in, this, in the face of suffering, but we also must do the right thing. And whoever, God forbid, someone becomes an alcoholic or, or uh, falls in the sin of adultery, never, of course, is their intention. And when I get married, I'm, it's never my intention to fall into adultery or get divorced. But sometimes it happens. When you're in a hardship, this is the fire that puts to test our, our, our ability to suffer. Our ability to endure is when we have, we're in the face of suffering. St. Peter himself, he, he fell in this. St. Peter, we know that he denied our Lord three times. And we see that it was never his intention. And even our Lord, uh, when our Lord asked him, um, and he, he, Peter said to him, even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. And what did our Lord tell him? Assuredly, I say to you that this night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And even, then Peter said, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. So Peter's intention was not to deny him. His intention was to be strong. In the, faith of in the face of death, I will be strong. I will never deny you, Lord. I will never deny you. 
But when we face hardships, when we face danger, when we face suffering, this is when we are tested. This is when we are tested. And this is when Satan tries to strike us, when we are in a bad place or in a low place. It is hard to do the right, right thing in the face of suffering. It is hard to do the right thing when we are in, uh, in a dangerous or uncomfortable situation. But we are commanded, this is what long-suffering is. Long-suffering is that when you face hardships, when you are perplexed, when you are hard-pressed, when you are struck down, this, you have to always do the right thing. And then when things get rough around us, this is when we are, again, like I said, our faith is tested, our virtues are tested. In Hebrew, St. Paul says, Therefore we also, since we are so surrounded, we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, again, burdens, let us lay aside all the weight, all the, the hardships that may befall us, and the sin which so easily ensnares us, get rid of the sin, and let us run with endurance. Again, we hear the word here, what? Endurance. Let us run with endurance. Don't just run just a mile. Run the marathon. Run the 26 miles. This is the race, and this is why St. Paul talks about his life was like a race. And he compares, often he compares his life to a race, a war, a, a competition, right? Things that are, require us to endure. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured, again we hear the word endure, again to suffer, the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Nowadays, if you want to do anything, you want to fix anything in your house, what do you do? If you want to do anything, you want to fix your car, you want to fix your house, what do you do? It's one of two things. You either go to YouTube or you go to TikTok, right? That's the thing now. You either go to YouTube, you say, how to fix my, my bro a leak in my bathroom. And you type it in, you watch a 20-minute video, just like that. You become a plumber. You have your crash course in plumbing uh, because YouTube um, taught me. Now that we have to think about our lives and look on and not and replace YouTube with Jesus. This is what St. Paul is saying here. Replace YouTube, replace all the resources you have, and look unto who? Jesus, the author. Keep your eyes, as they say, keep your eyes on the prize. Keep your eyes focused on Jesus. If we focus on Jesus, and if we run a race, what helps anybody finish a race? What helps us finish a race? We know what? There's a finish line. There's an end. I'm not just running. I don't start running or driving or going anywhere without. I know what? There is an end point. And if I endure, if I run for whatever mile on miles, if I drive, if I, I do X, Y, and Z, I know there is an end. And our end is Jesus. Our end is, the, is salvation. And if we keep this at the forefront of our minds, if we put salvation at the forefront of our minds, if we put Jesus at the forefront of our minds, it allows us to endure. It allows us to suffer. It allows us to fight, to finish the race, because we know let me hold on to Jesus. Let me look onto Jesus, the finisher of my face. faith. Let me, look, let me look to him and let me learn from him. Let me learn from him how to live my life. He gave us the example. He gave us the commandments. He gave us all the commands, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament. He gave us scripture. He gave us the church. He gave us the sacraments. He gave us so many things for us to learn. And we have to look onto him and learn from him and keep him at the forefront of our minds to finish our race. And this is the exact example that St. John Chrysostom uses. He says, 
For as in all arts and games, we impress the arts upon our mind by looking to our masters, receiving certain rules, though our sight so here also, through our sight so here also. If we rush to run and learn to run well, let us what? Let us look to Christ. Even to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. This is how we have to look. We have to look to Jesus. We have to become close to him. We have to learn from him. And he says, learn from me, for I am lowly and humble of, in heart. We have to learn from Jesus. And that's why, in order for us to endure, we, and, and we will only endure if we have Jesus at the forefront of our minds, if we keep him as the goal. Lastly, I will, last thing I will talk about or I will mention, <clears throat> never ever lose despair or never ever lose when you fall. In any race, in any competition, you will lose a game. In any competition, you will fall. You will, you will get tired. You will, you will uh, make mistakes. You may even go backwards. But that is okay. The virtue of long-suffering is not something that's easily acquired. Yani when, I sp when I, we speak tonight about these things, when we speak about enduring for the sake of love, forgiving one another, uh, face, uh, be steadfast in your faith in the face of uh, danger, in the face of hardships, all these things is very, are very difficult to do. So never ever when we, uh, any of the fathers sit here, anybody sits here and gives a sermon, never ever think that we are, are saying in a way where it's easy, you, gotta, you know, we have, it's so easy to do. No, these are things that are hard. <clears throat> As in everything, there's a time <clears throat> for prepara preparation, there's a time for preparing ourselves. And the fast, the fasting period that the church gives us is that time. It's a time to suffer a little bit. This is what fasting is. Fasting is not meant to be easy. It's not meant to be something that we do and it's convenient for us now. It's very easy to fast, but do we, are we abstaining from food for a certain period of time or not? This is what teaches us how to prepare ourselves for the race, how to prepare ourselves to be able to suffer long. You have to use the time the church gives us to prepare yourselves. Any sport requires a time for preparation. Now, for example, if you're a football fan, is what, what is this period of time? Football fans, any football fans? Training camp or preseason. It is a time for us, not us, I don't, I don't play, but it's time for, for uh, athletes or football players to what? To get themselves in, in physical shape. That way when the games do count, they are in what we call game shape. You guys ever hear this term of game shape? I'm, the, I'm, in, the sh I'm in physical shape enough to play a game. I'm ready to play a game now. We have to get ourselves into spiritual shape. We have to get ourselves into spiritual shape, being able to suffer long, being able to forgive one another, being able to face hardships and, 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 and hold on to our faith, requires us to struggle, requires us to work and suffer for our, or to, to prepare ourselves. And this is why St. James uses the example of a farmer who plants seeds. When you plant a seed, yani the fruit of the spirit, again, like I said, one of them is long suffering. When we plant a seed, does a tree grow the next day? No, of course it requires watering, it requires nurturing, it requires fertilization or whatever other things you have to do to these trees to get them to grow. And after many months and many years, finally, it bears fruit. Finally, the tree that you planted a year ago bears fruit. Our spiritual life is the same way. We must plant the seeds, we must water them, we must nurture them, we must allow the, the seeds to grow, and then God willing, in a few months, in a year or two, or whatever it may take us, we now have gained this virtue of long-suffering. We have gained the ability to love one another even when we are wronged. We have gained the ability to suffer for the sake of Christ even when it's in the most difficult situation. But it requires patience, it requires constant uh, spiritual exercise, it requires us to nurture and water the seeds that we receive. I pray 
that we have this blessed time of fasting. I thank you again for allowing me to speak to you and take the blessings of St. Mary, blessings of this church, the blessing of the fathers, the blessing of the wonderful congregation here. I pray that we're all able to endure uh, with one another, with uh, our loved ones, uh, face hardships, endure hardships, and may God protect us all and keep you all safe and healthy. To him be the glory now and forever and unto you, all ages. Amen.